You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you've been having a glorious week. I'm super, super stoked to be releasing another Vox and Hops Sober February 2022 episode, which is sponsored by Pitch Black North, the Satanic Tea Company. Now, if you do not know who Pitch Black North is, let me tell you a little bit about them right now. First off, they are the Satanic Tea Company, and every sip is blasphemy. All of their teas are ethically sourced. They are expertly crafted, and they are created in small batches only. You could head on over to their website, pitchblacknorth.com, and you could check out some of the amazing products they have up there right now, such as their Satan Slumber. They have dubbed their Satan Slumber the elixir even the Dark One trusts to get some shut-eye or just soothe his body and soul. This killer tea contains chamomile, sweet rose hips, hops, valerian, and lavender. Now, you know that I love Pitch Black North, and I'm just so damn stoked to tell you that if you pick some up on their website, which is pitchblacknorth.com, when you're checking out, you can use the promo code VOXHOPS15, that's V-O-X-H-O-P-S-1-5, and you will save 15% off of your entire purchase. Trust me, you will not regret this. They seriously make some of the best teas out there. Their branding's amazing, and uh, while you do that, you will be supporting the podcast, and I greatly appreciate that. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that's a huge metalhead but actually just doesn't drink, they're not into it, it was never their thing, you can tell them that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is doing one whole month with no beers. That's right, a whole sober month. We're doing it right now. Sober February 2022 has begun. And if you were to encourage one of your friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. So let them know that for the rest of this month, there's a bunch of amazing episodes with killer metal musicians where we actually don't talk about beer for a change. Now, today's episode is a very special episode, an episode which I called Sober Montreal because it features a conversation with a bunch of amazing musicians from Montreal who all happen to be sober. This is Vox and Hops episode number 322 with Roxana of Your Last Wish, Jason Rockman of Shome and Slaves on Dope, Mike Decker and Pepe Poliquin of Born Broken, and Dominic Forrest Lapointe of First Fragment, Barf, and many, many other bands. Get ready, everyone. This is a massive episode called Sober Montreal. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, today is a very, very special episode for Sober February. I am joined by a bunch of amazing musicians and humans from my hometown of Montreal, uh, a bunch of uh, prolific people. Uh, very, very stoked to be with you all. I typically introduce my guests on the podcast, but uh, this time around, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves, uh, starting with uh, Roxana. Who are you? Um, what have you been up to? And uh, how long you've been sober? Hi, I'm uh, Roxana. Um, I'm a singer for the band Your Last Wish, and uh, it's been like what, something like 15 years. 
almost that I'm singing on this in this band. It's been a while and uh, I'm sober. I'm going to be sober really, really soon, actually. Um, it'll be my first year, uh, wow. January 7th. Congrats, congrats. Coming up real soon. How about you, Jason Rockman? Uh, Jason Rockman, I'm a, I'm a, a, been sober for 20, 29 years. Got sober when I was 21. Uh, do a lot of things. I'm a radio host and I'm a, I have a podcast called the Rockman Power Hour. And uh, I used to sing in a band called Slaves on Dope, kind of still do sometimes. And uh, big supporter of being sober. That's for sure. Vox and Hobbs alumni too. Episode 10, I believe. Yeah. Well, old school. I think it was the first one. Was I the first guy you spoke to who didn't drink? Like it was, I was the first non-alcoholic one you did. Yeah. I remember That's that. true. That was yeah, fun. Absolutely. Very fun at your house. I like that. Back when we used to be able to do that. Uh, Mike Decker. Yo, what's up? Uh, Mike Decker playing a band called Born Broken uh, now for, uh, I don't know what, uh, how long has it been now? 12 years now, this band. Uh, sober for 18 years, my second time through. I actually got sober about probably, probably about the same time that Jason did, uh, way back when we knew each other when we were wee little bits. And uh, I decided to uh, basically uh, go back out and explore the world a little more, you know what I mean? And uh, see if I really needed it. Uh, well, I guess I didn't need it. I needed this more. So, but yeah, but uh, music's been the thing that's been keeping me together. I love that. Pepe. Hey, uh, my name is Pepe. I'm in the band with Born Broken as well. I'm a singer in Born Broken and a guitar player in Endas as well. And uh, I've been sober for the past eight years. And uh, well, actually, like my inspiration was uh, Jason Rockman. We've been friends for a long time now. And, uh, I liar, s- like I, I know I am a liar, but that's a different thing. We'll talk about that later. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, J- I, I, I saw Jason how like he was like doing everything, like being in the band, being a radio host, and being doing everything. It makes me like push myself to do it, and just to be like, you know what? If he can do it, I can. So, well, and thank you, Jason, about that. So there you go, pleasure. Oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Forrest. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, it's very cool. Okay, but I'm the business for Augury Bar for first segment in Terramobile. Uh, yeah, for a band now. I work for a business session too, but for the live, uh, you know, the situation. Sober for a long time, uh, 10 years now, and uh, proud to drive the van after the shows. <laughs> it was two years ago. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's not, not like a beer in school. I, I like it. Uh, it's a good brewery's uh, beer now. And now I try the Perseverance. Hell yes, from Le Bocay. Uh Maybe the, the non-alcoholic beer is good uh, to, to be relaxed. You can fill your stomach too when you jam <laughs> something. <laughs> Because hops, hops actually does act as a natural relaxant. So a lot of people say, I got to drink a beer mm. to, to relax. A lot of people say that mm. and not being sober people. And then they end up overindulging. Whereas you can enjoy those same effects from a non-alcoholic beer because it's the hops that give you that, that Zen effect. Mm. Very stoked to be with y'all. Uh, Montreal is a very special city to me. The music scene, we are a very tight knit community. Uh, I've known many of you for over 10 years going on 20 years. Some of you, as you have mentioned, you've known each other for over 20 years. Some of you, 
as musicians, we're always helping each other out, uh, whether it be we need to borrow an instrument, borrow a van, borrow a band member. Uh, Dominic, you know, Forrest has played in just about every band in Montreal because of that exact reason. And this is why I think it's interesting that so many amazing of humans such as yourselves are all sober and have all basically intertwined and helped each other become sober, uh, remain sober, and stay stronger. So that's really why I wanted to have this conversation with all of you tonight about being sober and being from Montreal and being a musician. Uh, let's start off with something super simple, yet probably really complex because I'm not sober. Uh, I'd love to hear what the importance of sobriety means to each of you. Let's start with with the person that, that's been doing it for the longest, uh, that stuck with it. Jason, take, take us. What, what does sobriety mean to you and the importance of it in your life? I mean, it's, it's, it's priority number one. It has to be. Um, the kind of way I live my life, I can't you know, it's got to be, that's got to be the most important thing before my kids, before my wife, before myself, you know, in terms of anything else I do work, um, it, it, sobriety is, is, is key. Um, mm. it, it, everything else falls after it. And by keeping that, it, it just puts everything in perspective. I mean, for me, being sober, is just, it's, it's become a way of life, but it's also something that I work at every day. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not something that just happens you know, I don't, I don't just wake up and I'm go. Oh, I'm sober. I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of work and, and, you know, with, I suffer from alcoholism. So alcoholism, you know, you take away the alcohol out of the equation, you have the isms. And that's what I spent all this time working on. You know, the, the, the obsession to drink was lifted. That's done. I don't want to drink, but it's all the other things that make me an alcoholic um, that I have to work on. And that's the thing with, you know, with alcoholism, it's, it's, it's all these little things that, you know, if you're not drinking, you might not, you know, you might not be drinking today, but you're going to be, you know, doing other things alcoholically. And, and that's, that's the issue with, with someone like myself, who's a, who I believe is a true alcoholic. It's, that's the daily struggle, you know, but it's, um, but it's a way of life for me. And it's, it's a, it's a way of life that I, I live out loud. I don't hide it. Um, I'm happy to help anyone I can. And I like to try to help by just by example. I don't really like to try to preach anything, I, you know, live and let live. My wife drinks. I don't, you know, I, I buy her beer. I, there's a little place not far from us called San Cassette. And I love going yes. to beer up some little, you know, some little microbrewery beers and she's happy. And let's face it, you know, if you're in a relationship and somebody drinks and you bring home a couple of beers, you know, your chances are looking pretty good by the end of the night. So I'm fine if she drinks. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't partake and, but, but I don't, I don't like to force my, my, um, I don't like to force my views on anyone. I like to just lead by example in that way. You never know. You know, someone like, like what Pepe mentioned at the beginning, which I thought was really nice is, you know, like I never wanted to try to get him sober. He just saw what I was doing and he gravitated towards it. And that's, that's kind of what I do. And that's my thing. You know, that's what the thing that I'm involved in is all about attraction, not promotion. So. Um, I think it's important that I live, you know, I know it's a long winded answer, but yes, it's very important to me. And it's, and it's, for me, it's the, it's the only way I can really live. You know, I can't live any other, I mean, I could choose to live another way and drink, but that won't be fucking pretty. <laughs> That'll get real messy real quick. And I've gone down that road. So for a perfect transition to Pepe, what, what does a uh, sobriety mean to you? Uh, you know what? It's like, uh, being, also, like, I'm a chef. I've been, like, working in kitchen all my life. I've been working drunk a lot, like, mm -hmm. uh, being partying all the time. And uh, to be able to go to work, to get up and have, like, the energy that I do have now that I never had before, like, being, like, a, a grumpy, 
worker just like you know like uh being hungover like the stuff like that changed a lot since i'm sober and um it's not just that it's a lot of things but like that's one of the things that i'm really really happy to to do and um uh all, all the things that like, like jason said like uh, me same thing like i um i i never pushed anybody to do it and uh and when i see people like uh, say, oh, I've been same thing with uh, Roxana. Like when I uh, I saw her that she was trying to get sober, I w- I'll be the first one saying, look, like if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. I'm not a sponsor. I will mm-hmm. probably never be one. Uh, I just like I when I decided to stop drinking, I just stopped that, and that's it. I uh, a lot of people like that I know that I've been. I went to a few like. Uh, meetings and stuff and there's people that's been sober for 25 years and they they're like if i see one beer in front of me i will have to drink it and that's like something that i'm not like i mean it's not part of me so and uh but yeah being sober to me it's uh it's it's the new it's my new life it's the new the new me uh, that's what I want to do. That's what I want. That's what. It, that's who I am now, and that's gonna be like that forever. That's amazing. And straight to Roxana, another perfect transition there. <laughs> well, uh, sobriety is new for me, and uh, I'm so happy. Now I totally find myself. Uh, it is really important because I, I think I, I I took drugs and alcohol for like I started. I was 13 years old. Every weekend was the same. I feel like I never really feel my real life. So now I'm just discovering myself. I'm discovering what I can do. And as Pepe said, um, I'm not grumpy anymore. I was always grumpy. I, I was really miserable. And now I'm happy and I'm enjoying everything that things like simple things that I, I, I use not to enjoy anymore. Like every season are great. Uh, before I was always pissed off. And uh, I mean, it's changed everything. It's changed the way you see your life. It changed the way you see yourself. And um, for sure, I tried, it was the first time I tried like one year. During five years, I tried one month sober. But after five years, uh, now is my first year that I'm sober. Let's say now. (laughs) But um, I don't want to go back there. I'm, I feel way more better and I accepted myself like I never did before. So it's a gift. You give yourself a chance and you give yourself a gift. So for me, sobriety is really, really important. It changed everything. It sounds like almost like a, a form of rebirth. Yes, it is. It is. It was for me. How about you, Mike? Fuck. I've, uh, when, I first got, when I first got sober, I actually did it as a, as a almost like a bet test type of thing because because i was living alone since the age of 15 i had a house and uh so you could imagine the fucking parties were just off the fucking chains like every like i basically had i had shifts okay i had a morning shift an afternoon shift and a night shift of people that came in and you came in you brought whatever you drank and if you if you Left some, you left some. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you open up a fridge and you try and find that last beer, well, 
my fridge was like a rabbit. It just multiplied there. There was always beer in there, always, always, and whatever else, party rooms and stuff. So I basically said, you know, I said, I want to see who's actually or a real friend or, or who's just using me. <laughs> and uh, I told everybody, yeah, I'm going to get sober. Uh, my house was like a was like a ghost ghost scene. It was like really no one showed up. No one was like no one called me to say hey you doing okay hey you doing wow. this. So I was like wow you know what I mean like here here I am thinking I got all these friends and all these things and and I didn't I just had all these people just using me for the fact that I had a house and this and you know maybe not as much now because of course. Maybe I was inviting them because I felt lonely inside because I was alone. You know what I mean? So I wanted to have all these people around me. I wanted to have all this stuff, you know? Hence maybe why I'm a musician too, because I want, you know what I mean? Certain things, you know? But anyways, so that kind of went on for a bit. And uh, let me see. Uh, I actually met met Jason that first time around. We, we, we met through a mutual friend uh, in a couple of the rooms there and uh, we used to do our thing. I think we were both playing in bands too at the time being. Yeah. I think, I think you were in Citizen Dick at the time being. No, I was just slaves on. I was in some of the guys that were in Citizen Dick. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Citizen Dick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a grunge thing. You don't want to know. You're too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know about Citizen Dick and singles and yeah. first wave of grunge and oh god. The, this going That's back. Funny. This going back what to ninety one. You're fucking think, dating eh? us, Mike. Stop. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Man. I'm an old fucking fuck. Um, <laughs> it's too funny. Uh, I'm still a grumpy fucking prick. Uh, this being sober and happy and this and that, I still wake up grumpy as a motherfucker. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I did the band things. I and then uh, you know what? The rooms kind of got to me there after a while, and I kind of did the same thing again in the rooms. Um, it, after about two three years, because uh, I got tired of hearing the poor me, the poor me, the poor me, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm in the rooms for the wrong reason. I think I'm in the rooms to hear other people's stories to get me sober and not me to get sober. And I, uh, I left and I went back out and again, like no one was calling me and no one this. And I was like, what is this? What is it about me? Why aren't people asking about me? And I think finally, when I finally got sober, uh, back in 2004 again, uh, that's when I finally had to take a real hard look at me and what and what my thing was and what are my problems. Uh, the fact that I'm always looking for some sort of recognition, some sort of something, and I think uh, I think that was one of the big things there for me. Um, I was basically uh, uh, two aspirin, two Tylenol away from death. My liver was about to just give out. Uh, I, I I had to stop that day, and I remember I went that day straight to detox detox for two weeks and then i went to a to a rehab center in toronto um i won't mention them for the time being but uh it was that was that's when i really had to say okay you know what um it's me even though i have a wife and two kids i have to think about me now and or else or else i'm not going to be here for my wife and my two kids and uh, the cool thing was is that she stuck by me and she believed in me and she says do what's right for you now. I love you. And you're the most important thing to yourself now. So go out and love yourself. And I, I think that was one of the first times where I actually re realized what it's like to have to try and love yourself and not hate yourself. You know what I mean? As much as anger that you have and stuff, it's... And now 18 years later, I'm a 
grumpy fucking prick who hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you love yourself. I love my. Well, of course I love myself. <laughs> well, that's new to me. I never heard you saying that. Uh, oh, before. you never heard that, eh, Pepe? Come on. <laughs> no. You know how humble I am. I'm a very humble oh, yeah. person. <laughs> so no but yeah that's it forest uh what does sobriety mean for you uh, for me uh, for sure it's a hard way the first time uh, when i tried to stop uh, drinking it was a lot of no success and uh, i try and i try and one day uh, because it's to stop the hard drug for me when mm. i stop mm. the alcohol I st- but all the people had are different with the alcohol and all the other substance. A lot of people can drink with the people and uh, laugh and something like that. It was not like, for me, it was not like that. It was very difficult. And uh, now, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a good way uh, for the creation when you jam, when you try to find another ID. It's more clear, it's more clean. Mm compared to uh, where you're on drug or alcohol. For me, it was like that. But uh, it's it's hard. I'm not too strict with me. I, I can drink a 0.5, but um, it's, it's with no effect. I, I don't have the taste to have uh, cocaine in my nose or something like that. But for me, yes, it's very the best way for a musician. For me, your, music, your instrument is not in the pawn shop. You can play in it. <laughs> <laughs> And I fun after the show in the hotel and the party, and you don't drink and you have fun with your friend, and your friend is so stupid uh, mm-hmm. sometimes, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you stay straight uh, in the in this party, and uh, it works for sure. You know what is good with that is the fact that you're the only one to remember all the things they said. Oh yeah, <laughs> and this is great. And you're always ready to drive, which is great. Well, mm-hmm. Yes, too. You're always, always ready to drive. And, and anyways, it's, it's fun when you're on the road and you're, I, I remember when yeah. my, my, my younger self being on the road, cause I've been, I've never been in a band and been not sober. I mean, I was in a band before, but being the, the sober guy in a band um, and being on the road and being, you know, on ready for adventures. Um, it's nice to be mm-hmm. sober because you, yeah, sure. you have a better batting average. <laughs> i think it's interesting do you think that it's harder for someone from our scene to to tackle this issue head on because metalheads you know we grew up with the idea of motley crew parties yeah um excess needs to be fun this is what fun means this is what a rock star does do you think that it's harder for a metalhead to uh, come to terms with the fact that they do have a problem. I think it's the age that you come in at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it may be easier now with, uh, as crazy as it sounds, all the social media and stuff lo- like that to do it. Uh, way back when, uh, we had a book that was written in like the 40s and 50s type of thing. It wasn't really the same, I guess, for I'm talking my experiences, okay? And uh, I don't know, I, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, there was, there was having to do the extreme thing, you know what I mean? I didn't know if when I got sober, if I'd be able to write the same way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I loved being really, really high in writing. 
That was, you know what I mean? And then li- listening back to it the next day and going, wow, that was a really cool riff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A- and writing stuff and the lyrics that I came up with and the things and that, I I didn't know if I'd, I'd be able to do it sober. You know what I mean? But I realized, you know what I mean? I was just angry always, whether I had drugs or whatever. <laughs> or this, <laughs> I was just an angry fucking grump. So I could write anyways, you know? And so I, I, I think maybe it's, maybe easier now due to the sense that a lot of younger kids are like, there wasn't really straight edge, like right in the beginning when, when we were starting, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's, I don't remember when all these bands like converge and all these bands really started to come out being with all their straight edge stuff and sober and this and that, you know, um, I think it was around what late nineties. Yeah. All started to do, uh, do all that. There didn't seem to be much in the hardcore scene. There was a lot of straight edge yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So in the hard, so if you listen to the hardcore stuff, you know, you had all those straight edge bands like Youth of Today yes. and, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and Earth Crisis and all those bands that were straight yeah. edge that were, so if you had influence from that, but it's interesting now because all the metal, you know, all the people you're talking about, like, you know, we, we, we talk about Metallica and we talk about, uh, you know, Megadeth and we talk about uh, Motley Crue and all those guys, all those guys are sober now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and it's funny cause if you have like, you know, I know a few of us here have kids or I know, I know Mike and I have kids and it's funny because when I talk to my kids, I'm always like, listen, you can do drugs and you can drink if you want, but just know that if you've got it in you, that you're someone who's into excess, there's, you, you know, that most of these people end up doing the same thing. They either get clean or they die. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no real you know, there's no real in between. They either go down a really bad path and get really fucked up and die or they're messed up or they sober up. And it's kind of nice in a way to be able to say, well, look at all these successful people that did sober up and had more success after. And, you know, look back and say, why did I waste my time? So it's almost like it's a great example because I find the younger generation, I sound like an old man yelling at a cloud, but, <laughs> but I find a lot of teenagers now are just a little bit smarter. Like mm. they don't want to fucking waste their time with that, you know, but you know, in the metal community, I think it's, it's like Mike was saying, like it's way better now. I mean, there's so many examples now of sobriety and, and yeah. people got their shit together. Yeah, and sure. you know, you look at a guy like Randy from Lamb of God, who's you know, mm-hmm. been sober a long time and he's solid. And, and there's a lot of guys in that community that are sober and that live their sobriety out loud and, and they're brutally heavy, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't take away from their music or, but you know, I think Metallica when they sobered up was a real when they got, you know, when they started sobering up and they started, you know, doing therapy and stuff and, and, and just, well, especially all, James, you know, obviously, and, you know, being able to have pitfalls and, and fall back and then come back. And, and, you know, bands like Aerosmith were really, I think influenced a lot of people when they got sober in the late eighties, you know, when they came back with, uh, I think it was pump or permanent vacation. No, it was wait, whatever one was first, I think it was pump, but they came back with that record and they were sober and, yeah. and it was like, Whoa, you know, and, and, it's not even an issue anymore. I don't think it's a matter of the music. I think it's just the individual, you know, because there's a lot of examples mm. of sobriety in, in all music genres, for sure. I think in the hip hop community, I, I don't know, we're not here to talk about hip hop, but that's, that's a community where it's really still, they're struggling to find examples of people that are, mm. you know, are sober and, and, and together. And that's, that's, that's a tougher one for, I think for a younger generation to latch on to somebody who's got their shit together. Mm, well, hopefully, hopefully someone steps up in there and can be that role model. Jason re- reminded me of uh, a really cool story back in 92. I was down at a, a young people's convention uh, in uh, New York city. 
So here we are at Times Square. There's like 50,000 young people and we're all sober and we're doing this big event, whatever else. And it's it's a 24-hour conference that goes on for like four or five days and there's meetings all day, all night and whatever else. And we're taking over the hotel and it's great. And I'm sitting there in the room and I'm talking about, I'm like, you know, I'm this young musician. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's going to be like. You know what I mean? If I get signed or this or that and have to go out on tour through Europe and they have all these beers and all of this, how am I going to do it? You know what I mean? I, and this guy beside me uh, says, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, I do it fine. You know what I mean? And I look over and I'm like, and I had to take a, like a double take. And I looked and I went, holy fuck, that's Pete Black from King Diamond. And he's like sitting like wow. right beside me. And I was like, and we just the whole weekend just talked and and uh, he gave me all kinds of like encouragement and this and that and it it was just like the first time seeing that was w- w- one of the first times actually it was the first time that I saw like a real to my eyes growing up rock star because when I was young King Diamond them conspiracy Abigail this and that you know what I mean like I see these people on the TV I see these people on the, and that's all we had back then was. Music plus, you know what I mean? Uh, power hour, <laughs> this and that, you know what I mean? And to actually see this, you know, I was like, wow, here he is sitting beside me and he's sober. You know what I mean? So I thought that was a really good, yeah. But now you have social media. Now you can just log online and just see these people and see this. And like you doing these podcasts and stuff for people to hear you know it's a whole new day and age it's very interesting too to how everyone wears everything on their sleeve and for the good and for the bad and this is for a good one where there are role models that are voicing the you know their their challenges and their successes and inspiring a whole new generation of people that are okay it's okay to talk about these things and it's okay to open up and to tackle your demons if you have them uh i am interested in advice if you could pick one piece of advice that was the best advice that you received when you were struggling with making that decision to, to finally giving up um, on your addictions, what advice would that be? Pepe, go first. Uh. Um, what advice? It's like, um, it's, it's hard. I really like, I don't know how to give advice over that, you know, because um, nobody actually gave me advice. You know, mm. I, I just like, I felt like it was time and uh like i said like i saw like how like jason was like going through his life but um i would just say like if you feel like it's a problem i'd say yes like go try to do something about it but i never i never felt well it you know what like i i say like i never felt it was a problem it was a problem like i mean i was not like i i didn't need to have like alcohol in my body every day but I was like touring, partying, being sponsored by Jägermeister. Uh, we had like, yeah, well, you know us with Andas, we were like partying all the time. And um, that, that, that was it. Like, and um, it was uh, when I decided to stop and to be like at first during the, the first the first tour I did sober, um, I, people were like, some were mean. You know, like, because they're like, they know me as a party guy. They're like, no, Pepe, you need to drink. You need to do this. You need like, uh, you're like, but a lot of people actually said like, you know what? You're the same guy. Like, you're you're still the party guy, just not like drunk. 
And uh, that, like, that was good. And that's what that's what I want people to 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 try. You know, like to be because a lot of people are like they they need the drink to be social. They're less like uh, they're less shy and stuff like that. And as a, a guy that sometimes I'm very shy and sometimes I'm not. And um, I'm I'm like I'm more confident than I was, but I mean that's something that you need to work on. If if you 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 drink because you're you're that type of person, it's gonna be hard for you to stop. But I mean, just that like you know, confront your fears type of thing, you know. And um, but yeah, like I said, like I, I got like people that were like, oh no, like I, and that's why I was like drinking non-alcoholic beer on tour. That way, people. Never bug me now because yeah. they're like, oh, you drink. And I, yeah, they don't. So yeah, kind of a, a way to do it. Hmm. I'm hearing resonate a few things uh, Mike mentioned and Forrest mentioned uh, the fear of not being able to be the musician that you were. And then the Pepe speaking right now is the fear of no longer being that person that people expected from you. And those are things that are fallacies. But it's something that also keeps you hooked with what you have hmm. the addictions that you have it's another enabler almost a, a personal enabler i need this for my music i need this uh for my social interactions i need this for many we it's almost as if we invent many reasons why we need this in our life when in all reality as a human we could do much better without it and remember it and have much more fun hmm. how about you um forest uh do you remember what's the best advice that you received when you were trying to uh, get clean yeah, but uh, it's, it's important because it's not the same uh, the same time now. Because uh, when it was the eighties and the nineties, uh, like example, I start uh, my first uh, my first base tab tabs it was uh, Appetit for Destruction of Guns and Roses. Okay, and th this guy smoke uh, at the same time and drink uh, at the same at the same time. Yeah, when I started, it was the, this, a, a metal musician, uh, you need to drink. He's, he's not a, a clean person. <laughs> and uh, and now that it's different, and we have a chance for that, maybe. Mm -hmm. you, can, uh, you can drink a, a juice, <laughs> some, something like that, and it's like you. But uh, if you have not a beer in your hand, maybe 10 years ago, it was not the same thing with the people. I believe that. But now it's cool, and uh, but yeah, the alcohol is, is everywhere uh, in the convenience store. Uh, is everywhere, and uh, when the, the the human go on the on the moon, uh, you have uh, the wine with with him, uh, <laughs> for sure. And yes, and if if you don't want uh, to drink something like that, it's not it's not for you. Stop it, and uh, the world uh, can turn again. <laughs> How about you, Roxana? Fresh into your one year of yeah. sobriety, do you remember the best piece of advice that you received? Listen to yourself. Mm. Don't listen to anybody else because a lot of people you think that maybe are really good friends, they're going to try to say, Are you sure you don't want to? Are you sure? Just one. And you know, it's easy to say, Yeah. And actually, the same thing about like being a musician. I'm a singer. You know, I'm a, most people know me because I'm. I'm loud. I'm I'm not really shy. I'm always like, ah, I'm going like I'm kind of a crazy girl, but actually I'm not naturally. Okay. So for me, I was just like, I always have been the party girl, the one who's doing stupid things and saying whatever she thought. And 
and when I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go see my friend with no alcohol. Like some people's like, it told me that the the famous sentence like, "Are you scared to having fun or what?" Mm. And I'm just mm. like, "Am I not fun now? Is that <laughs> is that it? Or you know?" And actually, for when they started being drunk a little bit, the people around didn't not notice that anymore. And we did have fun. And at the end, I was kind of the most funniest person in the room because I did I did stupid things and they thought it was really funny. And it wasn't that much. <laughs> and I was like, finally, you know what? I didn't change that much. And I'm totally comfortable with that. And one one thing uh, I, I, I really want to say, I only want to take the time to say that. One thing that helped me a lot was this calendar. It's a simple mm. calendar made by uh, Simon uh, from Beyond Creation. Hell yes. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good photographer. And what I did actually, hi, um, it's here is where I start. So every day nice. I put an X every day. And that would be at the night of that day or in the morning of that day? At the mo- uh, probably the night. The okay, night of that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the day. Yeah. See, I mean, oh, oh my God, sorry. Um, so I'd be like every month, every time I saw all the X and I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, it's been a while. <laughs> and this is great because you can see how many days and you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to finish this. Mm-hmm. It's great because you give yourself a goal. And my first goal was my birthday. And when it did happen, I was just like, I feel so good. Then I want to do a year. And now I'm, I'm going to have my year, of course. but. I don't want to touch this anymore. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. And if, if you are, well, not you, but if someone want to try this and just say, okay, I want to try three months or something, take a calendar. It's great. It's good. It's, it's, it makes you uh, feel well every time it, in, in, you can see by yourself every day uh, you didn't take anything. And it's great. It's, it's a visual. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> it's a visual aid. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. This was it. So yeah, that's it. And that's the new one that I have for the New Year's from Simon. Uh, if you want to buy it, by the way, because his calendar are really nice. <laughs> he took all the pictures and he put all yeah, the yeah, yeah, he gorgeous. put all together. So good free plug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, it's true. It's great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it. Take a calendar. Uh, it's really helpful. I love that. Jason, Jason, me doing it for so long. Do you remember back in the day what the best piece of advice was? Well, you know, Roxana hit it on the head. Um, the way I was taught was one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, crossing off. I mean, I love that. I've never heard of that. And I think it's great crossing off a day. I mean, because that's pretty much how I live my life. Like, you know, yeah, it's great. It sound, you know, I've got 29 and a half years. It's, you know, sounds fucking awesome coming up on 30, 30, you know, three decades of sobriety, hopefully. But it all happened one day at a time. And it was really like Roxana said, you know, I remember going through my first month and, and, you know, I'm, I'm in a 12 step program. So, you know, we would have milestones where we would have like a 30 day chip or we would have a 60 day chip or, you know, and, and it was such a proud moment. You know, I remember my, my family showing up when I got my 30 days and my 60 days and my 90 days and my year. And, and, you know, every year I would take my cake and, and it would, and I would have my sobriety day and my family and friends would come and they'd celebrate with me. And it was it was really nice because it's a huge accomplishment. You know, when you're someone who, who doesn't know, you know, any other way and you find this like, and like, you know, what Mike t- touched on at the beginning. I mean, I remember that when I sobered up, 
I was like Mike, I was young. I was on my own. I was the only guy who had his own. I was the first guy in my friends who had his own apartment really young. I, I emancipated by 16, 17, you know, 18, I, I had my own place. You know, I, I was young and I had, I had my own, my own place. And I was always the party central because the other kids still lived at home. And I remember when I sobered up, man, these, they scurried, like you turned a light on and there were roaches. Yeah. Horrible. There was yeah. nobody, but it's okay because it's funny. People say like, do you have any friends from when you grew up? And I, I don't, I don't hmm. have any friends from when I was in elementary school. I have friends from when I got sober and I've got friends that I've, and, and nobody really, I don't have anybody in my life besides family from more than 29 years before. Like, I don't have any friends from, you know, 40 years. I've been friends with them 40 years. I've tried to keep friendships with some of these people, but some of them are dead. Some of them are, uh, we just don't have anything in common. Some of them, I don't know where they are. You know, some of them were hospitalized. Like, it's just the way it was. And, and the best advice is to do it one day at a time. And that's why when I see Roxana, you know, year in, crossing off her days, I think it's beautiful. It's amazing. Because that's, that's the visual aid and, and that sense of accomplishment. I mean, it's a huge deal to get through 24 hours if you're someone who has a problem with alcohol. You know, and, and I, I, that's why I have a program. That's why I have, you know, a set of steps that I work. And that's why I have accountability because I want to, I want to become a better person. I don't want to just be stuck. And what happens is, you know, when they, they say you have, they say there's something called the pink cloud. And when you get past the pink cloud, like they say, sometimes between a year and two years, the novelty's worn off and you're like, oh great, I'm sober. Now what? Mm-hmm. And I need a set of tools to get through, to get better. And, to, and, and, you know, the thing that I do is I, you know, by the time I, I have a set of steps and when I get to the end of the steps, I try to help someone else with that. So I'm always in that step work where I'm always trying to help somebody else. So that keeps me close so that I have people that have a year, like they have like, you know, a couple of days or two days or four months or that are near me. So I remember what those feelings are like. And it reminds me of how I felt when I had four months or three months or two months. And it just keeps me always in it. So that's very interesting. You know, I don't, again, advice. It's funny what Pepe said too, at the beginning, he was like, you know, I didn't, no one really talked to me about anything. It just, he just kind of figured it out. But that's why, you know, the guy like giving someone advice and browbeating them and it, it doesn't work because no one's going to, you're going to hear it when you're ready, mm. you know? And, and I think the most important thing is that once you're, once you're in it, it's, it's great to have people around you that can kind of guide you or, or encourage you, you know? And that's why a lot of people, when they, when they do get sober, they, they tend to find new friends. They tend to lose a lot of the friends that they had in the past and realize those were just acquaintances that were because of partying. They weren't real mm-hmm. connections. So. I'm lucky, I think, because most of my friends, I still have them. That's great. At the beginning, it was hard, but they yeah. did accept it. And now they're happy to pay me. Hey, look, it's a beer with no alcohol. And they're <laughs> so happy to give it to me. I'm sure, like, sure. It's so lucky. <laughs> and the thing is, like getting on stage, for me, I got, you know, I, had a, I have a whole other persona when I get on stage. And no matter what happens when I get on stage with Slaves on Dope, I'm that person. And I don't really like that person, to be honest, because he's an asshole. And it's, I don't know what happens, but and I can't help myself. I'm not the same guy when I go up on stage and when I come off, I'm a different guy. I'll say things when I'm up there. I'll do things that are just stupid. And it's this juvenile, stupid thing that I, it's almost like, that's kind of one of the reasons why I don't like to do it that much. Cause it's like, it's embarrassing. It's like, dude, like, you know, you're saying stupid things. And it's like, I guess I don't do it enough to work on it, but I, I just find myself every time I step on stage, I have to come out and say something that, that totally disarms everyone. That's totally inappropriate. That shock value. 
And it's like a persona, but in a way it's good because it's a persona. And I think that a lot of musicians, if they can be, if they can put the, you know, separate the two and like, that's who I am when I'm on stage. And when I get off stage, I'm a different, like, and, and you see that with a lot of musicians, they are a different person mm-hmm. when they're up there. When they come off, they're mild mannered and I'm not at all like that. Yeah. That's kind of like when I saw you at Backstreet, when you were singing Commodore's, uh, Easy like Sunday morning there, whatever else. And you're swinging the microphone like a penis. And yeah, you're... yeah. It's, like, it's, it's cute when you're in your 20s, but when you're 51, saying, you know, it's like, it's just not cool. <laughs> when, when someone is ready, and, and Pepe mentioned that he told Roxana this, um, what do you do when someone is ready and wants to talk to you? You let them talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. When Mike said, you let them talk, you, you yeah. just be there, you be an ear. Yeah. You don't judge. Yeah. You let them talk and you let them make up. To tell you the truth, half the time they answer their own questions. Mm. You know, uh, I know that they're with me. If you get me talking enough, I'll, I'll start answering my own questions when I'm in that type of a state. So you, as long as you let the person talk and you just be there and you don't judge them and if they ask for help, you try and direct them in the right ways, you know what I mean? And be there for them, you know? You don't have to d- divulge your whole life to them, you know what I mean? Because sometimes it scares them off, mm. you know what I mean? So you just just let them talk, and if they need help to go to a meeting or whatever else, well, then y- you go, you know what I mean? Why, why, why would I do that? Because it's someone else's life who needs help, and if they're asking for help, well... I asked for help and it's, it's only, should I say not important, but my duty to give back because I got a second chance in life or a third or fourth, or I don't know how many chances I got. Who knows if this person may have a second or third or fourth chance. So you try and help out, but that's all you can do. You can't do more than that. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't guide them by the hand and force them not to drink and force them to stay in their rooms and force them to call you and force them to get a sponsor and force it. You can't, you know what I mean? You just gotta just do your best and that's it. You know, I think Roxana, you mentioned to me uh, that people are already coming up to you now and saying, Oh, you've inspired me. Yeah. I want to do it too. So, so even, even at a one year in, yeah, you can be a positive influence on people that may be struggling. But I think it's uh, like I we said before, it depends how you you see it. Like I told you, like I'm pretty much an open book. Mm-hmm. I, I think everything that I learn from others, everything that I do learn, I want to share it to people. Uh, I, I knew that I, I will recently, like a year ago, <laughs> let's say it again, um, that I will never have children. So that's kind of... Uh, that that's kind of wake me up for a lot of things like uh, being a single woman alone for a long time. So I'm just like, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to get my shit together and I'm going to do what I always want to do. And everything that I'm going to learn, I'm going to share that to people who want to learn it too, or maybe that can help them. So at this point, like if, if you follow me on social media, you can see that for a long time, I didn't really talk that much about myself, maybe a little bit, but now I'm pretty much an open book just because I want the people, everything that I learned, I think it's good for myself. Maybe it's good for somebody else. 
So when I openly, I, I said, I'm going to do that openly, uh, people encouraged me a lot. That was great. People following me for that. I have a lot of message, a personal message, like, how did you do? Well, how did you start? And everything. I was like, I just knew it, but like start with a month. It's a good beginning or maybe a week. But I'm, I, like I told them, like me, I just start for a month. But every year during five years, it took me five years. Hmm. before I say, okay, I'm doing it. I, I have to do it. I have to try. But it may be different to one person to another. So I, as I told them, if you do have a problem, you need that. You need a professional. It's the only thing because I, I'm not better than anyone. I'm not, I mean, I, I just have this feeling and I, 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 I needed to do that to change my life because I know it's now or never, you know. Uh, I'm having 38 years old. So, I mean, time's going fast. and You're still a baby. <laughs> but i mean like you see like when you wake up uh like that's the thing i don't know for you guys you know when when you wake up and you're just like what the hell did i do during all those years mm. Uh, mm. for sure yeah when you you're just like oh my god i was so much in the fog and now i'm just like wait a minute what the um is the only expression I, I don't know I don't know if there is a word for that a wake up call it's also like you you get this sense of urgency like you're like oh my god I wasted so much time like I want to yes. live now and that's that's a great thing but you can't dwell on the past I mean it's it's done no. do you know what I mean yeah yeah but it's a process oh yeah you have to accept it yeah, yeah you got to accept it for sure for sure and that's why you know again I I the way I got sober I, it was, I had a process, you know what I mean? And that's what helped with it. It helped me process all that stuff. It, was a long process. it helped me realize what, what was the, you know, what were the reasons I drank, you know, uh, remembering being an alcoholic from a young age before I even drank, you know, the reasons why, like, you know, a lot of people talk about fear and they talk about being, um, being, you know, being fearful of things and like social anxiety and that you would have a drink and it would give you that, that calmness or that social lubricant that they take to, you know, be able to get on stage or be able to, to talk to somebody in a party. And, and my youngest memory being an alcoholic isn't drinking. It's not when I took my first drink, it's being in the schoolyard in elementary school at like six years old and being at one, you know, one corner of the schoolyard and looking across the other end of the schoolyard and seeing a group of kids and being sure they were talking about me. Wow. I was sure they were talking about me, that paranoia. And I remember the ease and comfort that I got when I drank. The first time I took a drink was like, oh, wow. And the only time I got that ease and comfort again was when I walked into my first AA meeting. That's when mm. I got that ease and comfort again. And that's when I realized, okay, now I'm going to know how to live. And I won't, and I can deal with all those feelings. But when you're drinking and you're trying to self-medicate and, and deal mm -hmm. with all that, it's like, I really do believe that if you, if you've got a problem with alcohol, you're predisposed, it's a predisposition that you have, it's in your makeup and the alcohol is a symptom, but you, it's all the other shit that you need to deal with. And that's mm -hmm. why, you know, if you're like someone like me, if I'm not working a program, I'm white knuckling it. I'm hanging on for dear life and not changing anything. And mm -hmm. I want to, every day I want to be a better person. And every day I realize I have so much to learn about myself and even 29 years in sobriety, I don't know fucking anything. And I'm okay with that because I just want to keep learning. No, actually there's one thing that I wanted to say, um, you know, talking about, we talked about this earlier about like, uh, 
when you when you 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 stop drinking or whatever you do um about your friends you know uh when i stopped uh drinking at first uh for like the first like maybe five or six months people stopped calling me to go to parties and stuff mm-hmm. and i was like why why are you guys doing that you know oh, they don't we don't want to encourage you to to, to drink you're like I said, yeah, but the reason you're doing that now, what makes me want to go and uh, drink again, because you guys don't call me to do parties. I want to mm-hmm. be with you guys. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to go over this. I want to be able to, to be with you guys without drinking. And after, after me talking with them, it became like they, you know, it changed, you know, so uh, that's, it's not, yeah, I know it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Jason said, like, doesn't have his friends from when he was like in elementary school and stuff like that. I still have like my, my best friend that I've like, we've been friends since I was six years old and he's, he's going to be my friend forever. He's he's my brother now. And uh, so like, that's not going to change because he's, he's been supporting me since day one. So some people support you. Some are, are a, a bad, like, um, they they gonna influence you to start drinking again, so you know you have to you have to do some choices. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. I was just I'm interested in how being sober during a pandemic that had to have any influence uh, versus before, like Roxanne, you got sober during the pandemic. Mm. Um, Jason been sober forever, uh, Mike <laughs> as well. <laughs> but was it being the pandemic was difficult for many people? People were overindulging in many things. I was wondering if it made those one day at a time were they harder during the pandemic versus before? Seriously. I think it was for me, it was easier Mm. because I didn't have the influence around me. I -hmm. had my own bubble Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I I'm I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a, a, you know, a a, a tech course. I don't know how to say that in English again. (laughs) Treadmill. Treadmill. Thank you. So I have that at my home. So I was running uh, training. So yeah, I have that just beside my computer, not for nothing. So I was training and that helps a lot. Uh, I practice a lot of vocals. I I keep myself very, very busy and I discover a lot of things and new passion. Actually, I didn't play piano for a while. I started to play again. (laughs) And like it it, it was good. It was easier because if I decide to to stop and after that, oh yeah, I'm going to go see a show. Oh yeah, it's going to be fun. Of course, I love go seeing a show, but 
I want to drink and I want to, you know, and it, and I think it was a good process for me. I think it was, it, it, it did help a lot to, to being alone with myself, create my own bubble, uh, my own um, safe place, make, give me more confidence to going out after because I had the time to know myself as a sober person. Hmm. It's almost as if you're meeting yourself again for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Well, living with three women, let me tell you, the COVID parties were off the chains here. <laughs> My two daughters and wife, it was like the lights were flashing. We had the disco balls going and they were just enjoying it. You know what I mean? Say then again, you know, like they're allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Well, not allowed. They can do whatever they want. They're in control of their own thing. So if they want to drink or party or smoke or do whatever... They can, you know what I mean? It's doesn't bother me now anymore, you know, like it used to. So to me, it didn't make a difference being COVID or not. You know what I mean? It was just another day, you know, another day to be a grumpy old fuck. <laughs> Forrest. Maybe that the pandemic is a big problem because I mean, I don't like the statistic or the percentage, but maybe it's 10% of the of the, the people in the society have addiction, uh, very bad addiction, and they have a, a big problem to resolve that. Mm. And maybe with the pandemic, is more, uh, the percentage is more big, mm. I think. But some people, they want to have more because they have nothing to do. Mm, that's true. That's true. Especially when you have your government telling you, you're like, hey, have a glass of wine, you know, like have a Velda Vane, you know, stay at home, have a glass, mm -hmm. especially the beginning, beginning, you know. And yeah. we give you money, right. $1,000, uh, go ahead. It's, it's crazy <laughs> because the, in, in, um, you know, well, Mike can attest to this because he's had experience with it. Like, you know, in a 12 step program, they say, okay. And Roxana was talking about, it, you know, like, okay, so we're asking you to live one day at a time. We're asking you, uh, just to, to, to have faith in something that you can't really necessarily see or understand yet, but you just got to have faith. Um, we don't know how this is going to end and we don't know where it's going to go, but you got to live one day at a time and, uh, and you're powerless over this thing. You got no, and that's like what the pandemic is. And that's why all the people that I know in AA were like, fuck man, I've been training for this my whole life, you know? <laughs> and I got on zoom, like all the, you know, I got into a zoom group. I got on group with, you know, I did, a, 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 I have a group of guys that I get together with three times a week and we're, we're on zoom three times a week doing our meetings like we would do in person, you know, and, and what's great about it is it's opened up, you know, it's given me a chance to do meetings with people in other areas of the world. Like, you know, people in LA, people in Atlanta, people in New York, people in Europe. Like, so you're able to, it, it, it's funny how, you know, 12 step programs immediately got on zoom. Like zoom was right. Like it was like mm -hmm. boom, right away because they need that support. Like if you're someone that was going to, you know, five meetings a week, and then all of a sudden you can't go to an in-person meeting. You're like, holy shit, that's my whole support system. So a lot of people had a hard time with it. A lot of musicians had a brutal time because their whole oh, industry, yeah. if you were in the, in the music industry, if you were in the restaurant industry, you know, if you're in any of that kind of service industry, uh, your, your legs were taken out from under you and, and musicians. I mean, if you're a working musician, you know, like Forrest, like, you know, he's in all these bands and he probably makes a living playing gigs. And, you know, if you're doing session work and all that, like all that's fucking taken away from you. Like, what are you supposed to do? So a lot of people lost their identity. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that went on and, you know, there were people that tried to help, like, you know, you know, you know, Matt, like you, you know, we did the whole Kings of Quarantine project and all that and tried to raise money for roadies that were out of work, but it helped, it, it really, 
was a challenge. But for people in sobriety, I think it was really, really tough because depending where you were at in your sobriety, like an old fuck like me and Mike, you know, we know what we got to do. But someone who's new, a lot of people, A, got sober, like Roxana, who didn't have the, you know, they took, maybe took it as an opportunity to say, hey, let me work on myself. You know, I'm going to play, mm-hmm. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, and you're insulated. And it's great because it's almost like you're taking yourself out of the situation and you're able to work on yourself. But there's other people that went the other way. They got worse. And I know people that there's, I know musicians that killed themselves. I, I know lots of people that had a really fucking rough cu- couple of years, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a challenge like anything, but you know, rolling with the punches, like anything in life is it, you know, some people are going to make it out. Some people aren't, and it's, it's tough, but it's, I, I know a lot of people that had a challenge with it. Hmm. It's tough. I mean, maybe a, yes, the sport is a good thing. Yeah. When, when, when you stop drinking or the, best. the hard drug, yeah, the, the best thing is, is a sport and we miss the sport because uh, w- when we did the show, it was a lot of sport yeah. on the stage. Yeah. And it's because that is no show. Maybe the musician need more sport maybe at this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a good idea. But you, Dominic, you, you, uh, you're, I mean, you, you were doing a lot of uh, bicycling. Uh... Yeah. The, the bike uh, messenger. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I work a lot of, but the tower is empty mm. now in the downtown. Yeah, that's true. And it's no that's job. True. I just switch on the, on the truck. Uh, I teach mm. base and, uh, uh, I work on the delivery uh, with the truck. It's not a full delivery; it's a it's a box or something like that. But it's a good uh, it's a good uh, sub for for a musician. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of job now. Yeah. Uh, uh, outside of the bar and the restaurant, for sure. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, we try to stay in form. But I, I run <laughs> like forest. <but laughs> I run. <laughs> I run one time per week, okay? Uh, here to the, the Panjo Quartier, to the Place des Arts, and maybe uh, go and, and back is five kilometers. Mm. Oh, that's really good, man. Non-stop. And when you clean, maybe the your body of the toxin, maybe it's yeah. more good. It is good. You're, You're right. For sure. One, per, one time per week. Jason mentioned early in the conversation that when you're dealing with alcoholism, once the alcohol is gone, there's still a bunch of isms. Mm. Um, I like to wrap this up with a positive ism that you have tackled. Uh, Dominic was just talking about right now. Forrest was just talking about uh, doing physical activity as an ism that he he latched onto to keep his mind busy and his body busy. I'd like to hear some of your other ones. Um, what what is an ism that you've you've tackled onto that has helped you actually get better through this process? Well, you know, me personally, I've been like, well, you you guys probably know, uh, I buy so many records. Uh, my points in life right now, like I, f- I finish working, all I want to do, well, of course, I want to see my girlfriend. That's the what I want to do is, uh, well, I, and Mike knows we, we make music, stuff like that. Like that's is going to be forever, but mm. to go, to come in my living room, put my record on and sit and do nothing. That's my, my thing right now. Mm. That's the, that makes me happy. And I'm looking forward to do it like for many, many days and years and stuff. So that's my ism. I love it. 
Mike, what's an, what's an ism that you, you've, you've kept throughout all these years that keeps you happy? <sighs> Dude, I'm a grumpy old fuck, man. Nothing makes me happy. <laughs> Nothing makes No, uh, I, I guess the biggest thing is, is knowing that uh, the world's not gonna, going to change. The world is not supposed to change. It's I am the one who's supposed to change mm-hmm. and grow and adapt to my own situations. Uh, learning to love myself and not hate myself and thinking that everybody hates me and I have to hate everything. You know what I mean? It makes great fodder for like song lyrics and stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the, oh, the world, all, all this hate and blah, blah, blah. So, so I still go back into that teenage angst, you know what I mean? <laughs> to pull out their the lyrics and stuff. But, but no, just, uh, just to really, uh, to know that um, you or I have to work on myself more than I have to work on the world around me. So mm. that's, that's kind of it. Roxanne, you go back into piano, you're, you're running on your treadmill. Well, what's another good thing that's happened? An ism, so, so like a, a, something else where your, your addictive tendencies jumped onto. Uh, I uh, start practicing clean vocal. Ooh, it's nice. been years and years and I didn't do it. And soon I'm going to show you soon, but not now, but <laughs> soon. <laughs> Very exciting. That, but um, um, it's great. And I keep myself busy a lot to try to learn new things and working a lot about things that I always want to do. So that's it for now. Now my new uh, philosophy is not is like there is no limit. Just mm. do it, whatever you want to do. Just try. I'm, I'm there for trying. I only have one life. So mm. finding the best deal on butter at IGA. butter's butter's so expensive now it's crazy it's ridiculous (laughs) jason what's a good ism that you 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 don't mind having around well mike it's true though going into a grocery store and getting those deals man (laughs) it's a great feeling it's it's a walmart today and they had those holiday cookies in the in the christmas section the caramel <laughs> the salted caramel and then the candy cane ones that were 99 cents for a ba- a box like a little you know a little oreo thing of these cookies and i bought two bo- boxes for my kids because they're gonna be here on thursday i'm like they're gonna plow through those in a day but um <laughs> i think that i mean there were two things that the that we that i did in the quarantine or i guess in the last couple of years one was the kings of quarantine project which mm. was for me you know I, I love the idea of challenging of like, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, what Roxana was saying, limitless, you know, and you can do anything. And I really do believe that if you visualize something and you put it out there, you, you can make it happen. I'm a big believer in that. So that project was fucking insane Oh yeah, to be able to do that and to be able to have that materialized was a big goal of mine. And, and I, you know, I'd been doing it. I've been doing it my whole life. Right. I've always liked, loved that idea of like thinking this and then it happening and, you know, music is such a different thing for me now. It's like, I'm not in it. Like I used to be like, for me, it's an afterthought. I'm like, I look at music as art. Now I don't look at it as a job. I don't look at it as a pursuit. I look at it as art. So whatever I do in music, a, I have no interest in any monetary gain at all. I just want to do it for fun. I don't care what the fuck happens with it. And ever since I've had that attitude with music, the best things have happened. Hmm. It's been something I've enjoyed more and more. So the Kings of quarantine project was one thing, but the big thing that happened in the last year was I finally started a podcast. You know, I, I've been waiting and, you know, I've been talking about doing a podcast for 10 years, but because I was in traditional broadcasting, it was kind of like still not frowned upon, but it was like, oh, you know, you're a radio DJ. What do you? I 
love talking to people. I love interviewing people. I love having conversations. I just love people. I'm a people person. And being able to launch a podcast this year was huge for me. And that's been what I've been kind of like obsessing on and being doing alcoholically in a way, but it's positive, you know, and that, <laughs> that's what I love. Like I have like seven or eight episodes that are logged. I know the next two months are taken care of. I got more stuff coming and now everything's starting to come back alive. And, and what's great is that it doesn't matter if I'm shut down or not. Like I had, I had gotten a space, I'd gotten a studio. I was going to do it all set up properly and have people come in. And then at one point I was like, fuck it, man, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I can just do it from here. Cause if I wait, then it's going to be another four years until I do it. So I finally grabbed it by the balls and just said, let's go and di- and did it. And like, you know, Roxana was saying, you know, it took her five years to finally get the courage to get so well, it took me 10 years to get the courage to say, let's do a podcast. And I don't have to give my content away to anyone. It's my content and it's great. And it's, a, and it's me and it's humbling because it's you. We talked about this on Matt and I, we've talked, we chatted about this. Like it's a humbling experience to go from being part of a big corporation or a big, you know, entity and doing something and being able to say, well, they didn't promote it properly or mm-hmm. they didn't. They, but when you put it out there, it's like, oh shit, no one cares. Like it's, it's humbling, but at the same time, yeah. it checks your intention. You know, like what's your intention? Is your intention to be successful and have all these accolades or is your intention to do good work and have good conversations? And that's what it is. I just want to have good conversations with people. And if 200 people listen to it, great. If 5,000 people listen to it, great. I don't care because I know I did the best I could for that hour and I had a great time mm-hmm. doing it. So you know, it's, it's that it's, it's, it's the intention. And, and that was, to me, that was a big one. And I love it. I mean, I'm getting right back on the horse tomorrow after the holidays and recording more. And I, I love doing that stuff. So that's, that was a big one for me. It's a monster, monster guest list so far. <laughs> Every time I see who the next guest is, I'm like, motherfucker, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've reached the end. Um, we're a bunch of people, so I'd like to give you all, Jason, just a little bit right there, but you can, I'm sure you have more things to promote. Let's take a little moment, a minute each, to uh, promote what we have coming up in our lives, in our professional lives, in our artistic lives, uh, starting with Roxana. What, what do you have coming up uh, in the, the musical sense of the world, the Growlers Choir, uh, other things that we might be able to talk about, might not be able to talk about doing monster voices? There's a lot of things I, I am not able to talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, uh, something's going to happen very, very... Uh, been been touched for uh, the Growlers Choir. We've been quiet for a while, but you will see. Uh, same thing for um, uh, Fabrique de Monstre. Uh, same thing. New things happens really, really soon. And but, anyways, you will see. <laughs> but for your last wish, uh, we were supposed to have a show uh, for um, March. Then we will see if it's gonna happen or not. We're working on a single, so. It's pretty much that for now. Amazing. How about you, Forrest? What do you have coming up, Forrest, uh, musically? Uh, but musically, but I just released the first fragment album. Yes. Last October. Masterclass. Then, uh, thanks, man. I work a lot, but uh, it's a long <laughs> album. Uh, one hour and ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's a lot of work uh, to, to pick up that. Uh, now I can play five songs straight, one shot, but wow. it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of work, and um, now uh, Barf uh, will release an album uh, to uh, next spring, and uh, now I work on the Terra Mobile album in Augury for uh, for the writing, and uh, it will be maybe for the beginning of two thousand twenty three. <laughs> this two band uh, Terra Mobile and Augury. 
but uh, for 2022, it will be an album of R for sure. And I have another session project too, it's coming. I, I don't stop, I work a lot of uh, new play too. I teach, uh, I have 15 students, uh, I wow. teach plays yeah, during the weekend. Wow. But I work a lot of, uh, to play the stuff live. I never stop to jam uh, mm. myself in my room or something. I stay, uh, I stay maybe two hours set, very, uh, very strong you know, to play live, uh, ready to play live if uh, the pandemic go out, but uh, <laughs> we're not sure. But it, the life is good and we can create a lot of things with, with a video and something like that maybe and we continue to work. You're always in shape. I love that. That's that's a good mentality because it's 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 really hard to get back in shape to play a show. Yes, much much harder than being on tour. <laughs> For sure. I love that. Uh, Born broken, Mike and Pepe. What do you guys got coming up? Uh, we're 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 uh, we're set to sort of go into the studio in July to do the uh, third Born Broken album. Um, uh, with a new lineup again, this band always seems to have a new lineup, uh, but, uh, Pepe stayed strong and I stayed strong. And so we're going to do that. Uh, hopefully, you know what I mean? We'll see the way it goes. I'm not, you know what, again, uh, I'm not in a rush to put anything out. It's, it was five years in between each album and we're just writing for us. We're not writing for any expectations. We write what we want to play, what we want to hear. And if people like it, great. If they don't, well, go listen to something else because there's a thousand other bands out there. Sorry, a million other bands out there now. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a band of the minute, you know, so there's a band of the second on, on Apple Music. You know what I mean? So mm. uh, besides that, I'm going to re-record with Chris. Uh, Jason knows him. I'm going to re-record a band that we had together back in 94, 95 called Resisting Arrest. And we're going to redo that because that band uh, was was kicking it hard back in 94, 95. And then it just, everything got, got too big or whatever else we all kind of split up our ways and we recorded it twice back then and it just never got out and i listen to it now and i'm like man those are some hard riffs some hard things but the sound quality is 1995 you know what i mean so it sounds better than a demo tape but it doesn't sound anything like today it sounds like you're listening to like 128kb mp3 that's been stepped on on the curb that you pick up, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, scratch record. So yeah, so I'm hoping to I'm hoping to do that too and put that out again finally. So that at least I think it's something that in my life I always wanted to get out, but it ne- never did. So it's one of those accomplishments in my life that I want to finally complete. Complete. Say, you know what? It's finally out. It's finally done. You know what I mean? And now I can move on because. People still ask me that I knew from back then. The ones that still call me Decker, you know what I mean? Like I know, I know. If people call me Decker, they knew me when I was drinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> Type of thing. Hey Decker, how's your band? Uh, what's that? Ra uh, dilute the poison? Uh, what what Majester? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So bands that never, never really did anything and never really put stuff out. So with resisting arrest, I think it's going to be the one thing to finally get through and done. You know. And with Born Broken, I'll let Pepe take over the rest. Yeah, like Mike said, Louis, um, 
We are on the writing process right now that uh, our studio is booked actually with uh, some uh, a good friend of you, uh, Matt, uh, like, uh, you know, you know, a little uh, Chris. So anyway, anyway, uh, that's uh, the what we're going to do with Born Broken. And we, we there's no show planned so far. Anyway, we were just like writing, have fun. And uh, as is for uh, and us, we um We've been talking a lot. We, we we like Chris just just had a baby a few months ago, so we put everything on hold. But like, there's there's gonna be some new stuff coming up eventually, and also like uh, me and Jason are doing a tribute to uh, Mini Vanelli. That's uh, that's a, we're gonna do a big tour, and uh, we've been really like planning and recording everything ourselves. It's our songs, so that's it. <laughs> I got. Um, I actually got. Uh, just sorry, small thing. Uh, I got a question for Jason. Jason, mm. what was it like being sober and having your kids see you play? Very cool. The best. The best. Isn't that the best feeling? It's the best feeling. It's the best feeling, especially uh-huh. since they they really fucking hate our music. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> they really do. I actually loved seeing my kids in the audience. You it's know cool. What I mean? It is cool. S- singing mm-hmm. all the lyrics, thrashing around, and yeah. when you see when you see your daughters in the pit, I'm like, yeah, okay, I did cool. right. Pretty cool. I did yeah. right. Oh <laughs> yes. Good job. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. What else do you have coming up uh, besides the Rockman Power Hour? Well, Rockman Power Hour is obviously, I mean, you know, uh, it's the, it's the main focus and new episodes every Friday. Um, that's going, you know, my, my, my partner, Ryan and I are, are really into that. And, um, we have, uh, I, there's a few, okay. So Kings of Quarantine now with the, the state of things there, there are drum tracks for four or five songs that are still done, right. um, that are done that would never got finished because it was up and down. Like there was a time when everybody wanted to do it and now no one mm-hmm. wanted to. And now everybody's like, Hey, when do we do another one? So uh, Bill from Mastodon and I have chatted and he's still down to do more. He loves it. Uh, so we, that might come. Um, there's uh slaves on dope. Scott, I think Kevin told me we've got like eight songs that we didn't finish that are done that we just didn't put on the last record. So we might, we might actually work on that. Cause he's, he had, he had just had a kid and his, mm-hmm. you know, his, his, his kids now almost two. So she's, he's kind of getting out of the woods with that. So we might find time to, to work on that and get that out. And, um, there's one thing that I'm, I really was trying to do and it happened all because of me going to turbo house one night and jamming with Sandvice, but Sandvice, me, the Sandvice guys and, um, Vince from groovy and from Grimskunk have this project that we want to do where we want to play, uh, Kaya sky Valley from front to back. Oh yes. And we've talked about doing oh, that. Oh, that'd be cool. And we've talked about doing that and we all want to do it. And we were going to do it in 2020, but obviously the world went to shit. So that is something that we, we've chatted with back and forth and said, let's just get ready and get ready to do it. And then once we can, let's just book a night somewhere and do it for charity. But that's, that's something that might come. So. Nice. Fantastic. Well, I just want to thank you all for taking the time to hang out with me and being so honest and open about your Pleasure. journeys. I was uh, kept uh, very well hydrated by this awesome tea by Pitch Black North, uh, the Satanic Tea Company. <laughs> this is the uh, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's the cradle of very cool. Nice. Tea that they made. <laughs> 
dark blood. <laughs> it's an English breakfast black tea. Love, love pitch black north. Can't love them enough. Uh, yeah, this cool. was a true pleasure. Massive uh, thank you. No, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Super thank appreciated. You, really yes. nice. Really thank nice you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Roxana, to start putting everything together. Yes. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Thank you. Everybody, cheers. Woohoo. Cheers. Woo. Yes. <laughs> cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to Daniel that I love and appreciate that. Man, did we ever have a deep, deep conversation here. I uh, was very nervous stepping into this conversation. I'm not sure if you guys could tell that, but I definitely was. I am far from being sober. I'm far from knowing what it's like being sober for quite as long as some of these people have been and I wanted to be the most respectful person that I could be throughout this conversation and while guiding the conversation and everyone told me afterwards that they had a good time so that made me feel very happy and I think that I accomplished my goal uh, it's a very insightful conversation and there's lots of positive things that came out throughout this conversation if any of these things resonated with you that makes me very happy if there's anything here that you think that you would like to take and to move forward in a direction to make your life better, please do that. If you need some help, reach out to a friend. Do it for yourself. Massive cheers to Roxana, Jason, Mike, Pepe, and Forrest for being so, so open and amazing. I greatly, greatly appreciate them giving me their time and sharing their journeys with all of us. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, such as all the details for any episodes was I dropped throughout that week. If I've been a guest on someone else's podcast, you will get a little glimpse into my mind as I'm organizing future your projects before I announce them to the public. You will also get to see all of the album reviews that my album review crew have dropped throughout that week. And you will get to see which albums were added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, and is available on both Apple Music and Spotify and is packed with the newest, best, most extreme music every single week. It's available on both Apple Music and Spotify. And it is absolutely killer. If you're looking for something new to listen to, the Brutal Awakenings playlist is for you. There is so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. I'd hate for you to miss a single thing, so sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a glorious weekend. I will be back next week with yet again two episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. Just remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.